my friend says caffeine's a drug. I said, oh, tell your friend, fuck you. I want to be a buddy with Just a little breakfast. Hello and welcome to Breakfast Punks, a podcast about weird shit and DIY punk brought to you by Sham City Roasters and Deadbeat Donuts. From Hastings, I'm Dave. And I'm Siobhan. <laughs> and this is episode 51. Today's episode is about the Jim Rose Circus Sideshow, Circus Ridiculous and the reinvention of the Freak Show. We had a joy watching lots and lots of different footage to uh, research freak shows and sideshows. And my goodness. A lot of long nipples. Oh my God. So many stretched body parts and fluids <laughs> and so just, you, I it, mean, I think I spent most of the yesterday evening just screaming, no, at the TV <laughs> and looking away. So if you like very long nipples, this <laughs> is the podcast for you. There you go. Well, I've always said that. It's always, it's always been the case, but today's episode really does exemplify long nipplery. <laughs> <laughs> one of the people in uh, one of the things we're going to talk about was called the Great Nippolini, and I think I'd like that to be at least my middle name. Spoiler alert: the Great Nippolini can no longer do his act because one of he, one of his nipples isn't there anymore. He tore his nipple <laughs> off. <laughs> Anyhow, we'll get to all of that later. Oh yes, that um, and more. We had a, f- a couple of sub geniuses here this morning. Oh yes, but so I think that they've gone home now, so hopefully there won't be any noise. But if you hear any drills or banging next door is still fucking working on their fucking house they can't have any more ceilings or floors left to go but here we are they're still bashing it's months they're still bashing months i'm not being a moaning neighbor i don't really i mean we have moaned every single podcast just not to them because we're passive aggressive like that well i don't think they listen to our podcast no well they're not even there they've all they've gone on fucking holiday (laughs) left us with the noise (laughs) (laughs) well uh we're coming to the end of the year yeah and uh when i just checked our little podcast app that we upload this podcast via it told me that this year and i presume it's between only up to november yeah we have recorded 1996 minutes oh is that a lot or 1996 minutes (laughs) I i can get behind that um it sort of then felt a little bit like they were attacking me because it said this is 95% more than most people. Oh, God. So I don't know whether we've done too many. We do. Not. Well, they're lengthy, lengthy old podcasts, these things. I did brief maths. Yeah. It's basically two full days. Ooh. That's just this year, keeping in mind. There's a whole other done, year. There's a whole done. other year. I know. And I think sure. some of the first years were even longer. I think some of them episodes were like three hours. Yeah, I think one of them did get up to about three hours. Bloody hell. So we're going to keep it brief. Yeah, let's get. <laughs> I think let's get moving on and play a song, I reckon. Well, the first song is by a band called Ether Mech. I think I'm saying that right. Yeah, I think I'd go it's a character it. from a comic book, but I might be oh, wrong about Ether that. Ether Mech. Um, Ether Mech. That would probably make. Yeah, that would probably. I don't I'm, know. I'm very huge apologies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we do this often. Apologies. We do uh, mispronounce band well, names. Sometimes quite often. they're hard to pronounce. I know. In I... fairness, haste have been being called heist by everybody, despite the fact that it's clearly not spelt that way. It's true. There is already a word that says heist. <laughs> anyway, yes. Ether Mech or. Yeah. Ethermech, 
are from Manchester. This is um, their debut single. It came out just at the end of November, so it's just come out. It's fucking amazing, and it's called Paxman Fever. This temple in Thailand has been left without any monks. Okay. Because they've all been dismissed for failing drug tests. <laughs> <laughs> A local official has Legend. said four monks, including the abbot. I don't really know. I mean, I presume abbot is like like the charge nurse to a staff nurse yeah maybe i only know abbot in relation to i think isn't it the name of an ale <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's in the northern province of oh god lord pet petjaban and um <laughs> but they've tested positive for methamphetamine <laughs> oh fantastic 
They were sent to a health clinic to undergo uh, undergo drug rehabilitation. The raid comes amid a national campaign to tackle drug trafficking. The monks were reportedly removed from the temple after police administered urine tests on Monday, which saw all four men fail. Officials did not say what had brought the temple to the attention of police. But I presume that means... (laughs) Monks on drugs, probably, doing silly, crazy things. They must have been selling drugs. I suppose. Because doesn't Thailand have extraordinarily strict drug laws? Or is that a different country? No, I think Thailand, famously, you get things cut off if you're caught smoking cannabis. And And that's where people who have been like smuggling drugs, like young girls who've been told to just take a suitcase, are now like imprisoned for 20 years. Yeah, or, or, yeah, I don't even know, maybe even death penalties. Yeah, yeah, I think it is something similar. I mean, we're just totally making this up. I'm presuming all of this. I was going to say Thailand or Andor and going to name countries around it, and I just thought it was probably rude. Yeah, geography's not a strong Yeah, and also I couldn't name any, so it's fine. Apparently, the temple is now empty of monks and nearby villagers are concerned they cannot do any merit-making. Do you know what merit-making is? Uh, Well, I assume it didn't have drugs in it. (laughs) No, well, that would be a nice way of saying it, I suppose. (laughs) No, merit-making is an important Buddhist practice where worshippers gain a protective force through good deeds. In this case, by giving food to monks. And you know why they're hungry? Because they're fucking full of methamphetamines. <laughs> no, they wouldn't be. No, no they wouldn't, wouldn't be hungry, hungry would they? if you were on meth. But you probably wouldn't eat for a long time. And so when you eat, oh, you yeah, probably when you're do off a, the meth. You probably want a big big food. Oh, so these thought. poor monks are starving and uh, just doing meth to keep off the hunger? Yeah, I, don't know. I suppose so. Massive assumption. Do you Massive. know how cheap methamphetamine is in uh, Thailand? I don't know. $1.40 for a pill. That's fucking brilliant. <laughs> Isn't there a funny kind of Coca-Cola out there that... Um, God, it's I, I'm just coming up with all the freaking myths and legends that I learned when I was in in Norfolk, but um, that I'm, has heroin in it. Is that no, what you're not heroin, say? but like methamphetamine that you can buy because they have the big like New Year's celebrations over there, and I'm pretty sure there'd be people selling like coke, but it was like. Well, maybe it was it these had, Thai monks. It had um, methamphetamines in it. I'm fairly sure I've heard that somewhere. Again, it's probably just like a fear-mongering story told to the Norfolk <laughs> people. Don't go to Thailand on New Year's Eve. You'll get spiked with some meth. Oh, I bet so many single men from Norfolk go to Thailand for New Year's Eve. My next-door neighbour... <laughs> there we go. Um, but one used to go to Thailand for months every year, mm. but for nefarious reasons. Of course. He's dead now, so it's fine. Merciful. <laughs> Well, speaking of nefarious goings-ons, <laughs> Tommy Lee's new single features oh, boob drums, oh. a dildo helmet, a cannibal fireplace, and a literal trouser snake. Not for the love of I Christ. know. <laughs> I thought Tommy Lee was dead for sure. No. Um, well, I just figured... Thomas I'd, Lee, he's been alive. Thomas Lee. Throughout. He's very tall, that's all I remember. <laughs> I don't know if he's that tall, he's just very skinny and he's got a long cock. It does make you look tall when you're skinny and have a long cock. It does, it does actually. (laughs) Very greasy strangler about him. Um, That man's four foot one. (laughs) Dragon on the floor. Um, So Motley Crue drummer Tommy Lee, I'm sure everyone's aware who Tommy Lee is, um, is now streaming his single Bouncy Castle. Um, oh, I was out to begin with, but I think I'm back in. Oh now. yeah, no, there's a. Oh, it gets good. Featuring a music video by Smearballs. I don't know who that is. <laughs> and it's in capital letters. No, it's not in capital letters. It's in bold, but with a not capital letter at the beginning. So it's like someone being modern by being shit. A 21 year old YouTuber, <laughs> white from the suburbs. Yeah, and this video, according to Metal Injection website, is. F- 
utterly fucking insane. <laughs> it includes a dude wearing a dildo helmet, smashing a TV behind a crawless headless corpse. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. A fireplace munching on a dead person. Mm-hmm. Tommy Lee is playing a kit with both kick drums as boobs. There's anal bleaching. A woman jumping on a fat guy who's expelling all kinds of bodily fluids with every impact. Tommy Lee's laying on a couch with a literal trouser snake coming out of his pants. And he's a centaur at one point doing a dance in front of a picture frame filled with boobs, which is also helpfully labelled as boobs um, hanging on the wall. It doesn't sound incredibly subtle. And there's a pile of corpses. No, it's not uh, I bet he thought... It might be autistic. (laughs) Uh, I imagine when he put a pile of corpses in there, he probably thought he was being quite artistic. Whoever this suburban... 21-year-old. Smearball's Den Boer. Sm- yeah, that, yeah. Oh, yeah, all right. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who that is, no, but he has, apparently he has a name, so that's nice. I imagine that it probably looks like a sixth formers video, but just with a huge budget. Yeah, there's some glorious stills, and I've seen a clip of it, and it's just fucking nonsense. I mean, I presume if it's got anal bleaching in it, then it's not going to be able to be on, like, MTV and stuff. Well, I don't think MTV don't show music anymore, I mean, do they? But it, it just says anal bleach. So I don't really know. Oh, is it just that it will just be Tommy Lee hilariously holding a bottle, a bottle that says anal bleach on? Yeah. That would be funny. Oh, wouldn't that be great? Well, imagine, right? Tommy Lee isn't dead, as you presumed, but yes. he, you know, he's definitely coming to the end of his career, if not the end of his life. I mean, he lived hard. He I don't know, he's in his, he must hard. be pushing sixty, I would guess. He's in his oh, 50s, they must be. A, they must They're be probably over that. sixty. He yeah. looks. He looks good for it. He's got that heroin body. That oh, he's got that. He's body. got that glorious. I mean, his, as we've said, he's got a long dong and a very skinny body, so he looks like he's very tall. Yeah. But imagine if, towards the end of your career and or life, <laughs> yeah. You kind of wanted to sum yourself up with one music video. You were coming back with it. your solo. Yeah. yeah, but imagine if that was what your life was. <laughs> Hi, I'm Tommy Lee. My life is this. Anal bleaching. <laughs> a pile of corpses. A pile of corpses. Some boobs for drums. Yeah. A man with three dildos attached to a helmet what on his head. What sort of life is that? I mean, he thinks that's an amazing life. He thinks that this music video is making him look like a fucking million dollars. Like a really hilarious... Yeah wonderful celebrity it also makes me think what has he done between sex tape and now and apparently murdered people because there's a lot of bo- lot of dead bodies in this well maybe but he did quite a lot in fairness and motley crew reformed and are still touring oh that's true i saw that's motley true. crew play their last ever uk gig and they've played about 10 times since i was about to say they've taught i think they're on tour <laughs> i think they're on tour now next yeah, year, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well do you know where tommy lee's long dong could fit Ooh. Uh, the, the 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 woman with the world's biggest mouth's mouth not the woman with the world's yes. biggest mouth again. We've met the woman with the world's oh, biggest mouth no. before. But like huge news. Sam Ramsdell, who is an incredible creature. Uh, yeah, I remember her well. Uh, who you should immediately Google and look at a picture of, has tried to fit an entire massive pretzel in her mouth and it's made the news. <laughs> made a version of the news. Well, it was <laughs> and on, we're using it. It was on TikTok anyway. <laughs> um, the woman with the world's biggest mouth faced off against a giant pretzel after she forced it in her gob. <laughs> Sam Rumsdell, 32, is the proud owner of the world's largest mouth gape. I love it when oh, they describe it as that. Oh, a mouth gape. And even has the Guinness World Record to prove it. Uh, with the coveted title under her belt, the American is not shy about flaunting her best asset mm-hmm. and regularly posts clips of her um, munching down on food. Ooh. I do think it might be a bit of a sex it's thing. Fetishized, it's fetishised, isn't it? I mean, it's definitely fetishised, yeah, yeah, if it's not somebody's fetish, I'm sure it is. But anyway, 
posted a TikTok video, 3.3 million views. I mean, I don't know what these... When these people, the 3.3 million TikTok users that have watched this... Yeah. When they get to the end of their life and or career, they make a video about themselves. I imagine it will just be them looking at their phones. Yeah. So, you know, I suppose... Scroll I suppose to the in, end. In that respect, Tommy Lee is, has done much better. Um, anyway, she tried to put this... Ma- it's such a good news story, this. Are you ready for this? She tried to put a massive pretzel in her mouth, and it is massive. It's, it's the width of her shoulders. So it's like a what? massive, massive pretzel. She's, I think she's quite a small person, but it's a, it's a huge pretzel. Okay. And uh, she tried to stick it in her mouth, and she didn't quite get it in. But she does have. A, <laughs> Sorry, she, that is the. That's news. the story. But oh, she wow. does have a massive mouth, and there's a lovely picture of her holding the pretzel up with her big mouth open, and we will post it on our Instagram. Fantastic. Well, speaking of putting things in your mouth, mm, like uh, Tommy Lee's long dong, uh, and it's kind of related to you know long dongs. <laughs> uh, it's sausage related. <laughs> Anti-vegan sausage expert tricked into eating a lovely vegan sausage <laughs> on TV. No, I Hold felt away. It, no, I, 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 I can see your face. No, if it was the other way nice around, tri- yeah, it would be tricked. That would be unpleasant. If the story would be if a vegan had been tricked into eating some meat and everyone was laughing at them about it. Yeah. But you can't really be tricked into... That's kind of like saying anti-vegan person has been tricked into eating some lettuce with his beef burger or oh, no, something. So there's this nasty old twat of a man. Oh, um, right. no, Journalism, really, ladies he, and gentlemen. <laughs> he really does seem to be a horrendous human being. He Do you was, think maybe he's uh, sort of pushing the horrendous sides of his personality so that he can get some attention on social well, media and in the news? I, oh, I don't Do know, you think maybe. you become an anti Keeping in mind how pointless it is to be an anti-vegan activist, can you yeah. imagine? But he's, like just, he's just a grumpy gammon harm. man. That's what he is. He's a yeah. grumpy old gammon man yeah. who claims that he's like the world-leading expert in sausages and proper <laughs> meat. And, imagine um, what... The end of his life, right, when he makes his music video. <laughs> <laughs> it's just him <laughs> Everyone, just shimmying just, into a bath of sausages. Just eating meat getting redder and redder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it'll be soon. It'll be soon. <laughs> and it'll have um, a clip of this video in it. I He'll imagine. probably be playing boob drums as well in Burns, <laughs> just for a little bit of oh, fun. Oh, he wishes. He wishes. <laughs> but basically, he went Really on- saggy old lady posh boobs <laughs> on the drums. Just like tom-toms that are sagging down and he's just hitting them with his little chipolata piece. <laughs> <laughs> so he went on the Jeremy Vine TV show. Um, I don't really know who he is, but he does like to shout at people and uh, you often seem to deserve it. And this man went on. He is called Mike Parry and he went on a segment which was called Stop Calling Vegan Sausages Sausages. He was one of those oh, people. Oh, for the love of Christ. So he went on and he said, "I, you know, you can't, I can always tell what a sausage is and you shouldn't be calling things sausages when they're not sausages, blah, 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 blah. So Jeremy Vine asked this man to try out two sausage sandwiches and identify which one was vegan. Um, he said he didn't need sauce because he doesn't want anything to cloud his judgment. He's just so good at this. He won't need sauce. Um, he's saucy enough. He's, he's obviously saucy enough. I bet his chipolata cock out of some sauce on oh. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he deliberated for a bit and he goes, it's absolutely obvious to me that this first one is the false sausage. It's not a real sausage, that's cardboard. The second one is clearly the real sausage. I can taste the meat in it. It's luscious and lovely. This is the winner. Um, I think he spoke like that. He was definitely an arsehole. <laughs> so he poo-pooed um, the he first He pooed sauce. it out immediately. He poo-pooed it immediately. Because he had no. had a vegan sausage, <laughs> so it went straight through him. <laughs> <laughs> so he poo-pooed the first sausage he ate, he loved the second sausage, and it was like, this is clearly a meat sausage. And then there's this glorious scene where Jim, Jamie Vine just pulls it out and pulls it out. He does not pull it out. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> 
not the and sort then of TV program I was like expecting. The, the Tommy Lee video <laughs> begins. <laughs> no, and then he's just like, you complete idiot. So he'd had, so both of the sausages were vegan, were they? No, one was a meat sausage. And he said that one, one was horrible. Yeah. And definitely a vegan sausage. Yeah, and the second one was a vegan sausage, but he said, oh, that's really nice. I can taste the difference. It's so much nicer. And then Jamie Vine was like, you absolute pillock. Uh, are they still doing is this mainstream media still on this fucking veganism's outrageous bullshit thing I don't know actually like, this is oh, the first time I've seen it in a while yeah, but right. um, just I saw a video trying to dredge up something I am extremely confused about anybody's problem with calling something a sausage yeah if it's not made of meat considering the sausage isn't like it's a shape isn't it's it it's a shape yeah so a meat sausage is just as unnatural as a vegan sausage to yeah. be called a sausage. So- if you, I do sort of get it. If it's like here's a chicken wing, but it's made of tofu. Yeah. I don't know, chicken leg. I suppose not wing. I don't know. Do you have a wing? I don't. I don't. Yeah, know. you know. You I do. don't know meat. <laughs> yeah. But Chickens you know, like a wings. steak. It, no, even a steak to some extent is like a bit cut off, isn't it? But anyway. Yeah, point but it's being, very specifically like a piece of meat. I, I understand that if you're trying to, it is stupid. Like when they've made eggs, vegan eggs. Yeah. It's it a bit is a weird. bit like fucking give it up. Just put something in a sandwich that tastes nice. It's yeah. fine. You don't need to make it look like an egg. It is a bit stupid. I've got yeah. no problem with it. I could not give a fuck. I'm yeah, you're not yeah. going to get upset about it. No, no, on no, Jeremy of Vine, not. But like, it is a bit dumb. But if it's like a burger or a sausage, those things They're aren't... Shapes, na- yeah. There is no sausage animal that is the shape of a sausage. And they don't... You know, people like this grumpy old man didn't get upset when we had bean burgers and when we had veggie sausages. No, they probably didn't even know about them. But the point you know is... I mean? they, 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 they pro- we probably called did, them sausages and burgers. But they probably did <laughs> get upset about it. But the difference is, is for some reason now there's some kind of mainstream movement where they're being given the opportunity to talk about it. What a waste of fucking life. Well, I'm glad we've dedicated another five minutes to it. Apolo- <laughs> apologies, David. I just like seeing this grumpy old man get, you a, little have to bit, get to a little me. bit of a slap in the face. I'm just horrified by the thought of what his music video is going to look like just before he dies. <laughs> That's all I'm worried about. <laughs> well, this is something we all need to think about, like in the run up to our deaths. What is your what is your music video about your life going to look like? Do you know like? what? In all seriousness, that is a good philosophy with which to live your life. By. Yeah, that is. I think I, I'm I'm with it. If there's I'm, a music video. That about your life what does it look like and yeah if it's flicking on your phone you're an ass well if there was a music video made about the next couple i'm gonna do a news story about it is gonna be really fucking boring and i think i might have seen (laughs) some of it husband and wife team of paranormal investigators we do like a paranormal investigator (laughs) claim that they've caught on cctv their annabelle raggedy ann doll being possessed. Oh. Lee and Lindsay Steer, 37 and 52, who run the Museum of Haunted Objects Ooh, from their that? home in Rotherham, oh. <laughs> <laughs> said they caught the doll on CCTV flipping over their Ouija board table in the, in the past, mm-hmm. but they haven't shared that one. Uh, what they've shared is a doll sitting on a chair and then just falling off the chair like falling onto the floor (laughs) and it's obviously just been balanced poorly yeah and has slowly but surely because of gravity yeah (laughs) fallen onto the floor why do they have cctv in the house oh because they've got a museum (laughs) Mm, well i don't think it's much of a museum there's a boy at my school who definitely had some major issues Uh uh-huh um oh yeah and he started up in his parents I mean by the he's in his mid 30s no probably early 30s but I imagine he's probably still doing this he was still living with his parents Mm -hmm. 
Sorry, who's in his early 30s when you were at school? No. No, <laughs> no, okay. no, 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 sorry. <laughs> Let me start again. There was this boy at school, right, yes. who had a few issues, I think. Okay. And uh, he was kind of a horrible kid, actually, but, like, I think he was, in hindsight, he was a horrible kid for because he had some issues. Yeah. Anyway, he was still living with his parents when he was in his early 30s. Right, And I I'm think probably now. is still living with his parents right. now. Right, making sense. Um, and he started a museum of, I think it was the Museum of Orpington, but or something but it didn't necessarily stick to that <laughs> no. theme it was kind of just a, like any old shit that you could find and one of the exhibits i mean keeping in mind it was literally in his bedroom so it wasn't like a museum that anyone could go to i think you could you could probably arrange Didn't he put pictures him. on facebook he put some pictures yeah. on facebook or something but one of his exhibits was an old kfc bag <laughs> <laughs> didn't he have one of the spice girls underwear no, I don't think it was an. Oh, it might have been underwear. I think he had weird baby spices. He pants. had a bunch of Spice Girls things that were weird Spice yeah. Girls things, and some of which I think might, there was a fast food theme. I think some of them were a bit weird. It was stuff like the packet of crisps that <laughs> Jerry Halliwell threw out of a window once or something. You know, it's just like really weird shit. Jerry, uh, his music video is going to be his real music. Well, up. it's going to all Jerry be set Halliwell, in one like, room. He's just shimmying <laughs> under some crisps, getting like. <laughs> Fast food bukkake from the Spice Girls. Whilst furiously <laughs> masturbating, <laughs> looking at internet porn. Um, <laughs> anyway, they believe that their doll is... Uh, what I was going to say is, sorry, oh, these yeah. people in Rotherham, I'm sure that their museum is kind of similar to this. Right, right. But yeah. the video is interesting because it is like their front room and they've got a massive pentagram drawn on the floor. Ooh. So it's kind of this weird, like... It, oh my God, why don't we have a pentagram on our floor? Because we've got better things to do with our time. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, they believe that the doll is the cause of them nearly being in a car crash. Oh, <laughs> Keep in I, mind, this is nearly I, being. I in think a car people crash. who think dolls have something to do with them being in a car crash are the reason for their car crash. Well, they also think <laughs> it's they've been having mysterious illnesses. Oh. One of which led Lindsay, by the way, spell L-I-N-Z-I, being in hospital for a week with doctors having no idea what caused it. In the museum, <laughs> I know. <laughs> in the yeah. museum, Lindsay has also felt something grab her neck tightly, and has seen <laughs> things fly across the room with no logical explanation, mm. which the full-time paranormal investigators believe could be because of their doll. This <laughs> is very vague. Their doll is an identical copy of a notoriously evil rag doll in the U.S. that inspired the Conjuring and Annabelle horror films. Now, I must say, I've never watched the Conjuring or the Annabelle horror films. But I'm pretty sure, and we will share a picture of this with everybody, that the doll does not look like that. No! <laughs> <laughs> the doll is more or less... <laughs> the, doll... <laughs> the doll is basically... I mean, it is a proper, like... It's, it's a proper, like, Raggedy Ann it's doll. Like Rosie and Jim. Rosie thing. and Jim, that's exactly what it looks that's like. So... But not even as good. The, Lee, Lee, these two people, I tell you what, their music video is going to be banging, I think. <laughs> Lee has been fascinated with the paranormal since he was 14 when he saw things being thrown around his bedroom. And oh, since dear. Lindsay met Lee on an online dating site in 2016, her interest has also grown. So he's obviously convinced <laughs> her that this goes. Has gone from nothing to now. Yeah, should we, how, between 2016 and now... Did they start, if she wasn't really interested in ghosts, now they're running a, a fucking museum. museum about ghosts and they've got this doll. 
the couple opened the museum in March 2018, so that's like two years two after. Years How in. did she get into it so much? Um, after being encouraged by their fans on Facebook. I don't know oh, what they're... Gosh. I'm presuming this is more like an OnlyFans situation <laughs> and they might be fucking. Well, they probably, they're definitely fucking, but, you know, on, on camera. <laughs> Lindsay first saw a, a ghost watching. 25 years ago. So <laughs> she, oh. she'd already seen a ghost, apparently, but she just didn't realise it when they met and he had to convince her that ghosts were real. Um <laughs> When she was alone one day in the dressmakers where she worked, she okay. believed she saw a curly-haired woman watching her who then walked through a closed door. She said, even when I saw my first ghost at the dressmakers, I felt calm rather than frightened. I grew up watching all sorts about aliens and ghosts, so I was always interested in the paranormal rather than frightened by it. So why were you not interested in the paranormal when you met your boyfriend who convinced you to be interested in the paranormal? <laughs> I, this might just be bad journalism. I it think it's the, bad journalism. It is definitely the Metro. Um <laughs> There's an awful lot of adding two and two and making three million in this thing. <laughs> Lindsay said she became really ill. I got horrendous pains in my stomach and I was being violently sick and they just couldn't figure out what it was. So therefore it was obviously the doll. But not only that did the doll, one of our good friends became very ill as well. He got abscesses in his mouth and all sorts of things. It was just very bizarre. Those are not bizarre things. That's no. two people becoming unwell. <laughs> <laughs> in the first near car crash a white van nearly went into the side of my car i mean that's like a daily thing isn't it white what? van drivers are a nightmare and if you're gonna drive you might get driven into one by him it's not a doll he had to get off the road in another i was on a roundabout i'd sort of pulled out and then another car pulled out in front of me <laughs> <laughs> wow what these, story. Are, these are near-death experiences wow wow wow, but wow they do claim that their heavy ouija board was hurled over which was caught on cctv annabelle was sitting on a chair at our ouija table so they've actually called the thing annabelle oh, after the boring. doll from the film Your... it's very solid and it's got a metal leg holding it up so there's no way it could have just fell over or collapsed one lady put a little speaker onto the table, walked away, and the next minute the table just collapsed. I mean, I'd say maybe the little speaker was heavier than it looked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Know. There is no logical explanation as to why it could have happened. Oh, no, sorry, David. Take, take back that logic. <laughs> There's no logic! They've secured it with a hook. <laughs> what, the doll? Just in case it jumps out of the cabinet again. Oh, my God. These two people find everything very bizarre. It does seem that way. Well, there's something that people online are finding bizarre and some people are thinking it's totally fine. And I wonder what your opinion of well, this. Well, that doesn't sound like the internet at all. Well, I know. Mum shares grim fact about the family sick bowl that's dividing <laughs> opinions online. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Sorry, is the family sick bowl what it sounds like it's going to be? <laughs> so some find the idea to be revolting, whilst others have admitted they have a similar bowl at home. Can I just... Be How often does this family vomit <laughs> that it needs a family <laughs> no, sick bowl? But let me explain it because I think you'll understand it. I think you will. I hope you will. I I because yeah. this is you're saying that your so family had a, a sick bowl. A mum has That's divided opinion between the lines among social media users over a grim revelation about the family sick bowl she owns. She took to Twitter to share that her children had just discovered that the house's sick bowl was also used for cake mix. Oh. <laughs> She admitted that she realised the situation was strange and vowed to break the cycle as she also had a multi-purpose sick bucket when she was growing up. She posted, My kids have just discovered that the family sick bowl and the cake mix bowl are one and the same. In my defence, this is the case when I was growing up, but now I've said it out loud and I realise I need to break the cycle. It went viral, this post, and some people think it's revolting, whereas tonnes of people have been saying, yep, we do the same thing. Now, I'm going <laughs> to... Can I just ask you one, one, just point one thing It doesn't, out? yeah. 
isn't the family sick bowl the toilet? <laughs> <laughs> no, when you're a kid and you go, Mum, 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 I'm going to be sick, and you don't make it to the toilet. She would, one of them, her you or would, my dad, would lift me up oh, and take precious, me to a toilet. Precious David. Well, no, no, I mean, I don't take mean Take to the toilet. No, fuck off, I, <laughs> I didn't mean that. I mean, as in violently lift me up and throw me at the toilet so that no. I'd be sick in the toilet. But then they might risk getting sick on them. What you do is. Your, your mum goes, quit your wine and stay in bed. Here's a bucket. And they just put a bucket oh, by your bed. Oh, the bucket by the bed, yeah. But yeah. we didn't have a bucket in my house. We had a washing up bowl for a little bit, so that gets used. Right. But we also had mixing bowls, like a big mi- cake yeah. mixing bowl. And yeah. you throw up into that, and then your poor mum would have to tip down the toilet, wash the mixing bowl. But you don't have a specific mixing bowl just for sick. Well, you shouldn't be being sick got, into a mixing bowl at all. You've got to use your mixing bowl for your, for your life. First of all, your family should have had a bucket, Siobhan. I'm going to <laughs> make that a, statement. We didn't have a bucket. What did you not ever do? Any manual work? Well, we might have had a paint bucket, but that's paint in it, not sick. Well, you don't. I'm not talking about a paint. Who has a paint bucket? <laughs> Who's pouring paint from a paint pot into a bucket? That's not how painting works. You didn't do any manual work. That's, that's obviously the, <laughs> no, the conclusion. No, I don't think we had any like spare buckets around, but we had mixing bowls. We had loads of mixing bowls. Well then, but if you had loads of mixing bowls, then surely you could have dedicated one of them to the vomitus bowl. Well, we didn't throw up that often. Not often <laughs> enough to have a specific bowl. I the first time. I think, time, in, in, in fairness, most of the time it went up in the washing up bowl, but then that's where you wash up your dishes. So I don't know if that's better or worse. The first time I remember being sick, probably my first memory. Oh. My earliest memory. Yeah. And it might be, you know, it's one of those. It's really vague. Yeah. But. I must have been extremely small, very small. Yeah. And um, I was watching Tarzan, a black and white Tarzan movie, and I'd just drunk my favourite drink, which was, bear with me, hot milk and blackcurrant. Oh. (laughs) And the hot milk and blackcurrant used to make big, like, purple chunks, you can imagine. And uh, I don't know why I liked it or who suggested me having it or how that came about. Yeah. But... I just drank loads of it and was watching Tarzan and then it just I just vomited everywhere. And I, it was purple, it was bright purple, oh milky grot. Oh, that's way worse than mine. But I have But I can't ex- remember the vessel that the that your mum cleared up the, the milky grot went into because I don't think it was on the carpet. I'm fairly sure I was I said, Mum, I'm gonna be sick and she went go to the toilet. <laughs> well she violently threw you at the toilet. Because one the other thing that I've got a question, you say it like it's completely normal. I understand the like being in bed thing and being like you might be sick, so you know, like when you were a teenager yeah. and you were drunk, you might leave something to be sick Evolving. into next yeah. to the bed, right? That makes sense. But if it's a case of like, mum, I'm going to be sick, then it's just as quick to get the child to the toilet as it is to go, find yeah. a mixing bowl, drag it so, out, put the mixing bowl in front of the child. So, two things. I want to go back to the, the first <laughs> ever sick more because serious. it's a thing. But, um, <laughs> it is a thing. <laughs> but um, I think it would usually be the follow-up six. So you'd do a sick and then your mum would be like, right, in case you do more, there's the bowl. You don't have yeah. to run down the stairs to the toilet. I think they but, just left me in the but, bathroom, but, 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 to be honest. No, oh, I wasn't allowed to be left in the bathroom. I only had one toilet. I can't just be hogging it all day, throwing up into it. <laughs> but weirdly that you should say that your first memory is one of being sick and the um, variety of sick that you did. My, <laughs> I don't know if you'd describe that as a variety. One of my earliest memories ever, definitely my earliest school memory is being four years old 
in your very first year of um, in your primary very school, first year, not mine. In my very no, you were you you don't want to know how old you were when I was four. In my very first year of primary school, and I had drank too much, and I feel like it's really linked to your weird your weird drink. Except it's a normal drink, not your weird drink. I had too much black currant juice it's out of weird, a little carton. Oh, we but were you were watching beige, Tarzan. This was a little Flintstones um, carton of black currant squash drink. Oh, that's pushy. You're turning into oh, these paranormal yeah, investigators. No, no, no. I'm linking there. it. I'm linking it. <laughs> it's like kind of they're both wearing the like loincloth-y things. Anywho, and I vomited hard loads of purple like jelly into the doorway of our classroom that before is, anyone else got there. That is really... We've so never, no, we've we never shared these from, stories before. Yeah, no. That is weird that we both vomited... Bright something purple. bright purple up. Yeah. Again, mine was, I was basically drinking vomit in the first place. It's hardly surprising. <laughs> yeah. No, mine was, I just drank too many cartons of it. I really liked it and they sold it in my primary school. But I you got to class. You overdid it. You liked something so you had too much of it. That doesn't weird, sound like it? you it at all. Me yeah. at all. My gluttonous rage began. <laughs> but yeah, no, I threw up in the doorway of the classroom and no one else could get in the class after lunch because I'd done a big sick. <laughs> so yeah, that's life. But so yeah, had well, there been anyway, a vomit I... bowl there, they would have just, but you would have, yeah. it would have just been there on the floor at all times, ready. Just gotta throw up in a bowl sometimes. But anyway, it's dividing opinion for some reason, but you've got to throw up oh, into something. But to be and most clear, people, I understand most why it divided don't have buckets, But a lot of people do have more people have mixing bowls in the house than they do have buckets. Oh, it depends what sort of what are you fucking you Mary access, Berry? And you have access to because the bucket might be in the shed or in a cupboard, whereas your mixing bowl, you know exactly where that is. Yeah, I suppose so. But then no, because most well. I mean, I, we probably this is because I grew up in the Victorian times, but I think we had a we had a bucket in our bathroom on the just what? in case some sort of mild plumbing needed to be done, or there was like a leak or something. Oh, I don't know. I think we had a bucket underneath our sink all the time because sometimes that maybe that was I don't know. Sometimes it leaked and stuff. That's cottoned on. You should have seen our cafe. <laughs> that bloody bucket underneath the sink <laughs> in our cafe. My gosh. Well, anyway, but guys, no. tell us. Uh, Shamsityroses at gmail.com. Did your family have a sick bucket or do, a sick bowl? I do think we've missed the important point that probably people are arguing about on the internet. And it's more about whether you should... Wa- once you've vomited in something, yeah. should you wash it up and then use it to make food with? And I... <laughs> And whilst my initial reaction is not clearly not, once something's a vomit thing, it's a vomit thing. It's not a food it's thing. It's not anymore. covered in vomit for the rest of its life. No, exactly. Or and so the more I think it. about it, the more I think that's perfectly reasonable. Yeah. And some people can only afford one bowl. Exactly. So you can't. I don't think it's fair for the internet to moan at somebody for having a a sick bowl. Yeah. That is multi-use. Especially children vomit all the time. All the time. Do they? Yeah, kids vomit loads. I mean, they do if they eat the sort of shit if that you eat, probably If they're yeah. eating cake if they've, made in a vomit if they've mixing got a, bowl. If they've got a Norfolk diet, they might. Oh, not fair. Not fair. <laughs> Anyways, let us know. Shamsyraces at gmail.com. Did your family have a family sick bowl? I mean, again, if you're going to engage with us asking you to email us about whether you had a, fa- a family sick bowl or not, just think very carefully about what the music video that you're going to make at the end of your life is going to be like, <laughs> and then just put your times to better use. Yeah. <laughs> well, I imagine this family probably has a delicious vomit bucket. Mm. Pregnant Brit mum ran over her own sister <laughs> in cocaine fueled rage row over a bloke. Oh, dear. <laughs> And her mother has said, thank you for sending her to prison. (laughs) (laughs) 
the mother mon- called Kerry. <laughs> just a guess. It's not because I know them. Just a guess. No, Lisa. Oh, oh, could have been either. Could have been. Well, either. you never know. There might be. There's more people in this story than just Lisa. The mother of a pregnant woman has bizarrely thanked the judge for doing so after it emerged she ran her sister over with her car. Lisa Bowden, who was high on cocaine at the time of the incident in December 2021, slammed the car into her sister after yelling, "I'm going to kill you." <laughs> It is believed the pair were fighting over a man. When she decided to drive over her sister, Jade, who suffered a fracture and bruising after going flying over the bonnet. (laughs) That's not funny, sorry. (laughs) The attack happened outside a fitness centre in Maidstone. Mm -hmm. Are you ready for the name of said fitness centre? Go. Beefs. (laughs) (laughs) Beefs. Beefs. And it looks like... Oh, wow. Beefs looks wow. Like it looks like um somewhere you'd get tobacco from on the side of the like route, like a really desolate American long road in the deep south. I would say it looks a little bit like an African cinema. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like really, like it's been battered by weather, and, and it's been there for a long time. No, it's not. It's not racist to say Africa has extreme weather. Um, Apparently there was another car involved because without introducing this, it says that the judge says it was a miracle that she wasn't hit by the other car, which just brushed her. So, I mean, this is the first that's the first time this news story has told us about this. You placed your sister at significant risk. This prompted the mother of two warring women to say as her daughter was being taken to prison, I am her mum and you did the right thing. (laughs) (laughs) I hope she stood up and just screamed that. But the guilty woman is 16 weeks pregnant. But it says that they've made up since. After her arrest, it was found that she had loads of cocaine in her sister. It was twice the legal limit. I don't, Is I don't there know a legal limit of cocaine? Again, it's not a very good story. It's from the Daily Star. Uh, but uh, to add more bizarreness to the case, the woman claimed at the time that someone had spat the drug into her mouth. <laughs> The sister made a full recovery and the pair have now fully reconciled. So imagine what Christmas is going to be like. Like, it's nice that two sisters have made up after one of them trying to run the other one over because she wanted to fuck her boyfriend. But... (laughs) After having cocaine spat in her mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's What a, a music video. <laughs> that is a very, very strange family dynamic. It's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I want to go to Beefs in Maidstone. I 100% want to go to you Beefs. You need to go there and do some iron. That's not what you say. Is it pump some iron? I could do some iron. I hope I, I might do some cocaine. Do some cocaine. At me. <laughs> some man's walking around Beefs gym spitting Spit cocaine, cocaine into everyone's mouth. And, in fact, and every time he spits it into your mouth, he says, it's going to make the music video you make before you die way better. <laughs> now go run over your sister. <laughs> in fairness, you'd definitely include that in your video. But here's a place where one might go if one would like to drive over one's own sister. <laughs> And that would be Norfolk. Well, I've got somewhat sad news. I mean, I think I had sad news last time. I think last time I was talking about um, the log flume at Pleasure Beach at Great Yarmouth. And that's shut down or it is shutting down. I believe you can inquire about buying one of them logs. But that's quite sad news. And this is another little bit of sad news that... um, that I'm going to query and disrepute, I think. Disrepute? <laughs> I'm using it. That's yeah, go for it. Yeah. Norwich has been voted one of the unhappiest places to live in the UK. <laughs> and I think they've got it fucking wrong. <laughs> but let's go there. Has been named among the UK's 
most miserable places in government happiness index. Oh, Did yeah. you know about this? Yeah, they just ask people, are you happy in all the different towns? Yeah, I think. that's not very good. It literally, the Office of National Statistics asked people across the country, how happy did you feel yesterday? Measuring oh. their mood on a scale of 0 to 10. Norwich got an average happiness score of 6.9, which was the third lowest in the UK. So 6.9 out of 10? Yeah. No, that's so really high. I was about to say. If that's the lowest. Yeah. This is kind of where I want to go with this. Has ever, I think, because not long ago, Norwich was, was rated one of the happiest places to live in the UK. And I think it's probably just maintained a good level and everywhere else has just got a bit more happy, maybe. Have they? Have you been outside? Well, people maybe are rating themselves better. Do you think this year people are at their happiest? But they must be, because (laughs) 6.9 is not that low, but it's the third lowest in the UK. But I guess 6.9 is probably very low. So everyone else is like a 7 and up? I mean, yesterday was all right. What would I say it was? Probably an 8 or something out of 10. Could be happier. But not much. I think in comparison to most of the people in Norfolk, you're at a pretty 10 most days. I'm at a pretty 10. Thank you, David. <laughs> no, no. Very it's, kind. No, it's, it's, it's frustrating to ah! be around. I'm not saying it's a compliment. You're an arsehole. <laughs> um, Norwich also got a life satisfaction score of 7.5, a worthwhile score of 7.8, and an anxiety score of 4. I don't understand... Uh, what that compares to other places. Um, city folk have previously rallied against being named one of the country's unhappiest places to live. because maybe How do you before. rally against that? Do you just go outside know. and smile? Maybe. Just furiously <laughs> smile at people, say, look, I am fucking Well, that happy. would make them sadder. <laughs> I don't know. Well, this year, the Sunday Times reckoned it was um, the best city to live in. So... So That's what, good. I think what we're learning from these figures, Siobhan, is that the entire thing is a load of shit based on nothing scientific whatsoever. Yeah. Someone's gone out and asked probably a hundred people, "Are you happy?" And, they gone, and it's completely yeah. random as to whether they were happy the day before. Yeah, it must it must be affected because you can't do this on the exact same day every year. So it must be vaguely affected by like events in the world. Yeah. So if true. if the sun is reporting that Putin is about to kill us all. Then, or he's fallen down the stairs and shit himself. Yeah, so exactly. <laughs> Those are the opposite ends of the, yeah. of the spectrum. So if he shit himself, everyone's probably feeling pretty nice. Putin. Putin. Yeah, very good. Poo, poo, Putin. But also it's like based on shit like, I don't know, like is it the day after payday or is it the day before payday? Has, You're it, be, has it just rained for six weeks nonstop? Yeah, is it grey outside? Yeah. Have these people just been fed? Is it a Monday and they had a nice roast dinner the day before? That's true. Or is it... Tuesday and they had soup the night before like Monday I mean obviously not everyone has the same meal on one day of the week (laughs) but I just mean you know there's a lot of it's a it's just an absurd question to ask someone and then base some sort of scientific fact on it isn't it yes as many surveys are I'd say but I have met a lot of Norfolkians in my time and I don't mean specific to I'm not saying like your family or anything your family are wonderful but a lot of the Norfolkians that I've met they do grumble (laughs) Well, I mean, they are. It is a place. It, it is a place that is full of sort of angry people in local newspapers. And I'm oh, not yeah. suggesting that there's not millions of other places around the country that are full of those people as yeah. well. But I do feel like Norfolk. Norfolk does strike me as somewhere where a lot of people are frustrated because 
they saw a black person yesterday or because you know a a woman has become a headmistress or something locally confused by what they don't understand and we don't understand much so that would suggest therefore otherwise we wouldn't be doing we wouldn't have been doing 50 minor pleasures we wouldn't have been doing 51 episodes of norfolk news laughing at how stupid people in norfolk are would we oh we're not always no it's a celebration it's not laughing at. i've been (laughs) laughing at them oh you are mean well let's laugh at some other people where do you think the most miserable place, according to this? Well, uh, I thought it was Norwich. Was? No, <laughs> the most Norfolk. miserable, third most miserable was Norwich. Oh, sorry, right. The, the most, most miserable, miserable is going to be somewhere um, north, uh, Grimsby. Colchester and Essex. Really? But, <laughs> Apparently. So, but this is another thing. It? It's totally about perception, right? I've been to Colchester in my life, I think, once. We played oh, a gig and in Colchester and it was wonderful. Night. It was wonderful. So we, well, I mean, we did get very drunk and almost got into a fight with the bouncer but that's neither here nor there oh you did oh no but, you did yeah <laughs> but i left Colchester. i didn't know anything about colchester particularly apart from that it was in essex and i had obviously like without even thinking about it i never thought to myself what's colchester like or what's essex like but i'm sure that i brought with me some vague opinions in the back yeah. of my mind in my subconscious yeah. of what it might be like and we arrived in colchester went to the place where we stay with katie hi katie if hi, you're katie. listening and we went. We walked to the venue from there, and it was this nice little quiet. All these quiet roads, quite quaint. And I was like, "Wow, this is way, this is way more quaint than I thought it was." And they were the first place, and I think this might and be pe- something loads yeah. of people do now. Who had knitted? I mean, this is pointless shit, but they'd knitted like little hats for, the for their post boxes, and, and loads of people had like quite unusual. Just like weird shit in their front garden, yeah. like big collections of gnomes. That was and... quite eccentric down those rows in Colchester. But the point I'm trying to make is, obviously, we saw like 0.01% of Colchester, yeah. probably. And, and then we happy. went to a venue and played a, a fun gig and got really drunk and then we don't remember anything. Yeah. But I left it thinking to myself, oh, wow, Colchester's way more like... Yeah, it's not my cup of tea. I'm not going to knit a fucking post box a hat i mean i have i have got my music video that i'm going to make before i die to think of <laughs> to think about. but i can't be knitting in it but i left it thinking to myself oh isn't colchester lovely but of course if we'd taken just one different what you know one different that turn totally it different. might have been totally different and that's true of every town and every place in the entire world yeah. so my point is sorry that it's just all relative isn't it it is indeed. relative do to you what want, you do experience you want to be proven a bit more right as to your relative is it because hastings is, is second no <laughs> what uh would you like to guess one of the places from the top five is it hastings no is it orpington no. <laughs> is it Norwich, but a different part of Norwich? No. <laughs> Go on, no, So if know. you think Colchester, which is the most miserable, is actually all right, yeah. one of the apparently most happy places is Tunbridge Wells. Oh, but they're just What's your they're opinion rich. of Tunbridge Wells? <laughs> yeah. that's, that's and all I it think is. That's, that's quite just, miserable there. It is very miserable, fun. but it's miserable if you want to f- find anything apart from a load of moneyed prick no, gentrifying the place. No creativity, no nothing, no nice. It's not that there's no creativity. Lambeth in London? That's in the high, yeah. is it really? So Lambeth in London used to be a, a place of well, you extreme only you only misery. know the Lambeth that was in the mental health system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Well, that's but again, it's perception, isn't it? Yeah. And it will be perception for all of these people. So every single person that's asked, oh, "Were you happy yesterday?" Yeah. And then it's given to Colchester or it's given to Lambeth. Those people are going to have completely disparate experiences of both so life and the area what, that they're in. So what we have come to conclude is this survey's dog shit. Yeah. Norwich, you are actually a beautiful place. Don't ever let any Nob survey tell you different. <laughs> um, 
You're beautiful. Never change. I'm always happy when I'm in you. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that bombshell, should we play a song? I think we should. This song is from a band called Prey, and the song is called Try Praying. They're a band from High Wycombe, and this song is from their demo, which came out in March earlier this year. I think it's a pay what you want for it. They're recording early next year, so they'll have some more music. And this song is also on a compilation that Darren from Attesta put together. It's he's for... not in Attesta anymore. Oh, no, he's not. He was in Attesta, and now he's just a lovely man living in Brighton doing his thing. And he put together a compilation for a Vegan Mutual Aid Food Bank charity and so this is on it it's very nice go and find this song however you like and listen to it now this is pray with try praying Welcome back to Breakfast Punks Podcast. We're now going to move on to our main segment, which is about freak shows and circuses. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just a quick proviso to oh, begin yeah. with. The idea of this podcast came from somewhere which I think we're not really going to touch on too much, and I will explain <laughs> why. Um, I'm always a little bit concerned that we often talk about things from the 90s oh, and the noughties okay. or in, yeah. and the 80s. And we don't do enough stuff that's kind of like current. Yeah. And We're showing I'm, our Luddite. <laughs> I'm, well, yeah, but I'm constantly looking around for things that kind of fit into our vague areas of interest or mm-hmm. sound like something which is interesting, but which come from something new. Now, about 10, 15 years ago, there was a couple of books that came out on this amazing um, press called Fab Press. I don't even know if they exist anymore, to be honest, uh, called Bazaarism. Volume Mm. 1 and Volume 2. They were basically like compendiums of books, which were just about weird shit. And in a lot of ways, very similar to the sort of stuff that we touch on on this podcast, although we have far less... uh, Knowledge. (laughs) Well, knowledge and and ability to like... pick. Yeah, that as well, yeah. (laughs) You want to keep going? No, I was trying to say... (laughs) I was just trying to say we jump around a lot more. Yeah. And I happened to stumble across a podcast which was interviewing a TikToker who had created this thing called bizarreism. Mm. And I partly thought, this prick's stolen this fucking word. Yeah. I want to find out what who he's he up is to. And what he's doing. Um, but I also thought, oh, that's quite interesting. Something off TikTok that we might be able to talk about. Oh, yeah, get down with the kids. <laughs> so I listened to the podcast and it was quite interesting. And he was all right. Like, just like, uh, he is a TikToker called Mercer Blackwell. I mean, that's probably not his real name. Oh, it probably is because he's. He's a he's, he's a, a modern he's a, child. He's a Gen Z, so his parents were probably <laughs> for whatever the fuck. But um, <laughs> and he, he on TikTok, he uses his platform to do a few kind of circus style tricks. Yeah. And when we're talking about circuses here, we're talking about things like sword swallowing, mm-hmm. eating light bulbs. Mm-hmm. I don't think he eats any light bulbs. He doesn't really do anything that dangerous. He does some of the less dangerous. He's not really ones. that good, is he? He touches on a little bit of magic. 
And he also talks a lot about the history of sideshows. But of course, because it's TikTok, he manages to take these subjects in a quite an intelligent way and describe them in like three minutes. Yeah. And he does other stuff. He's kind of the idea is is that he's interested in like weird shit, more yeah. or less. Um anyhow, I thought to myself, this is brilliant. We'll look into this guy and then we'll compare him with all these crazy circuses that I was really interested in for years and have read yeah. stuff about. Uh, from you know from not just the 90s like going all the way through pretty much to like the early teens i guess i mean i think it's something it's still going on but i don't think it's necessarily not many people are very interested yeah. in it, really so i started to look into this guy and when you google him he's almost exclusively on tiktok but when you google him a reddit but i don't really know what reddit is but a reddit <laughs> post comes up in which <laughs> it's one of the first things and it says i am bizarrest and tiktok personal personality mercer blackwell and i want to be on your podcast Ugh. and i thought oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> and uh he says that he, he says things like yes i've been on podcasts before um <laughs> i've also been on tv and radio i'd make a good guest because i have a wealth of specific knowledge many great stories and i'm a performer to boot so i thought so fuck this dude we're not going to we're not going we're not going to talk about bizarrism at all though now obviously Scrap i am your name from his memory but nope, it, your name it, no no you do Scrap what you want go go and look at his tiktok if you're a tiktok user but <laughs> basically i found this guy because i was like we're not doing anything cool from like the now we're only yeah. doing cool things from the past and then in doing so i found out that things from the now are just not, cool, not cool anymore are they All they're good. just people desperately so. trying to get attention on reddit please let me be on your podcast <laughs> I'm, I'm a very I'm, good person i'm an entertainer i've got loads of good stories I good guest <laughs> <laughs> yeah no we're not so that. unfortunately we're now just going to talk about a load of circuses from the 90s <laughs> <laughs> what did you expect <laughs> <laughs> well there we go so I feel like I've always associated, I mean this as a compliment, I've always associated like circus and freak show stuff as an interest of yours. I was going to say with you, but that makes it sound like you are a freak show. Because um, <laughs> I remember um, when I very first met you, you'd just come back from New York, you had a Coney Island tattoo, you were talking about having gone to freak shows there. And... I, I loved the Silverchair album Freak Show. Uh, I didn't, by the way. We listened to the Silverchair album we... Freak Show in a car once. Oh. I bought it from a charity shop. Oh, you did? It was, it was fucking dire. Like, I mean, I remember them being bad and I sort of bought it as a kind of, oh, it might be quite funny. Jesus bad, Christ, Silverchair. Sorry, Silverchair being the Australian grunge band. Yeah, oh, grunge is pushing. They're bad. <laughs> well, they were trying to be grunge. They were yeah. like they were like a sort of pre-puddle of mud, puddle of mud. <laughs> but yeah, so I've kind of always known that this is something you're interested in. And when we've gone to bookshops, you always seem to find these weird and wonderful freak show things. Um, so it's kind of been fun because I didn't really have any history with anything like this. I thought it was all quite interesting and weird. And I've seen like through you know the gaps in my fingers when trying not to watch people doing sword swallowing and uh pulling i remember someone i think i was watching like tv and someone was doing this trick where they were pulling like a bit of string out of their eye uh, between their eye and their nose and all this stuff so i didn't have a lot of history with it but i know that you did uh and i guess also in 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 a view of a modern time, not the TikToker man, but I don't think you're going to feel any more happy about this. The only other version of it is the people that go on things like Britain's Got Talent and all that shit. Yeah. There's people that go on there like juggling fiery things and swallowing swords and banging things into their face. It doesn't happen very often, but when it does happen, you see it on those sorts of things. And that's kind of the closest thing to it. 
Well, that in the modern world, that, I would say that mainstream. is a version of. I mean, if you take it as a as a slightly more obscure concept, meta. Uh, Britain's Got Talent is a freak show. Yeah, I've never really watched it, so I can't really say that. And I, I appreciate it that it that it becomes like people with pseudo talent. Yeah. doing pseudo-talented things. But definitely to begin with, when it first started and it was kind of like, let's laugh at the loonies that are going to turn up yeah. and do weird things. Or just like people desperately trying to get attention. Yeah, And of course, it goes back to things like, I do think it's weird with Britain's Got Talent and things like that, having these sorts of people on there because people don't seem to need to be as desperate to be on TV as they once did because yeah. we're all on TV all the time. If you need that bit of your ego to be quenched, then just start a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> you know, or like, or <laughs> start, a, or become a YouTuber, yeah. you know, or whatever. So, as a result of that, because in the like it, that program, the word, right? Yeah. We'll get to the word. Actually, this does sort of link up in a lot of ways because the Jim, the way I found about out about circuses, I think pretty much was because the Jim Rose Circus Sideshow were on the word in like 1994, oh, okay. and I was 13, and I like, stayed up fuck? and watched it, but. There was a thing on the word that was people doing disgusting things, which you couldn't you couldn't do yes! now because all of them were kind of a little bit like, oh, not PC, you know, yeah. it's not even that. Yeah, it was kind of not PC, but it was like, you know, I'd do anything to be on TV yeah. was the thing. So what they would do, there was one uh, a really old woman took a uh, false teeth out and then like did a proper French kiss with this young guy. And then at the end of it, he said, I'll do anything uh, to be on TV. Yeah. And there was one, uh, there was a fat man, there was a fat man whose armpit needed licking. And there was, I think there was, some, there was something in a bath with something unpleasant in the bath. And I think someone had to eat a slug, I think. Yeah. There was different things. Anyway, it was just whatever was disgusting. And it was a totally different time. And it was, yeah. it was the time of things like Jim Rose. But, you yeah. know, you could kind of understand it then because people were so much more basic in the context of being on screen yeah we talked about this i think did we even and we, actually we didn't touch on this someone else brought this up i think on our instagram um on our last but a couple of episodes ago when we were talking about lo-fi filmmaking oh yeah and we were talking about people not being the same when they were on screen now if you made a film if you made the equivalent of some of the films that we talked about then now yeah you wouldn't be able to get that same kind of like genuine humanity on screen okay and i think somebody said this on instagram or something that one of the reasons for that is because everyone's just so used to it so everyone's kind of like media savvy now oh i see like you know put on the game face and like yeah yeah which is kind of a kind of a good thing in a lot of ways because it means that um voices from not the mainstream are ready to be you know um greta thunberg age 13 or whatever she was Mm. when she first made a speech she was quite confident already yeah to make a speech about the environment yeah and talking about her generation yeah and yeah. so so in, in that context it's a re- it's a really good thing in some ways mm. there's a but yeah but it's genuine yeah but it's missing. but it's weird that a couple of things and i don't really follow obviously mainstream tv and stuff and i don't really know what britain's got talent if it even exists i have no idea or like or whether it is presented in the same way i'm guessing yeah. I'm guessing they can't do the let's laugh at the loonies thing anymore. <laughs> I don't think that would probably be allowed. But it's weird that people put themselves forward for that in a modern age where they don't really need to. Because, again, like, you can make a fool out of yourself yeah. in, in, a, in a vast majority yeah, of ways true. where Simon Cowell doesn't have to be judging. Judging you and berating you on, on TV. Yeah. 
Well, maybe we should start talking about some of these wonderful freaks and human beings <laughs> <laughs> that you came to find along the way. You mentioned Jim Rose. That was the first person you ever talked to me about. And you were like, one day we need to do a podcast about this guy and his fucking weird circus of... What was it called? The Jim Rose Circus Sideshow. There you go, the Jim Rose Circus Sideshow. Well, the Jim Rose Circus Sideshow is probably the only one of these that anyone would have heard of. I'd never heard of it. I would have thought, no, no. But I mean, (laughs) there's there's definitely going to be a certain age group of people. If you were into a sort of alternative culture, you would know about Jim Rose Circus Sideshow. So Jim Rose started this thing in Seattle. And it was just a small troupe. There was like five of them. It was him and his wife. He did a bunch of different things, including banging a nail up his nose. Uh, He ate a light bulb. He smashed a load of glass, put his head on it, and then allowed the audience oh. to stand on his head. Yeah! Um, and they put a microphone to the glass so you can hear it yeah. crunching <laughs> yeah. into his face. Oh. Um, and then he had a bunch of other people with him, one of whom was called Mr. Lifto. He was the one who had the long nips. Um, <laughs> oh, because he, he didn't... had all the, the piercings so and he, had... he was hanging breeze blocks off his nipples yeah. and swinging and, them about. And, he, and... Could put, he could put a leather jacket on a coat hanger and put that through his uh, septum. Oh. Which, it, which in a lot of ways, you know, when you see that, it's not quite as shocking, but it is quite a, that would be, it's quite heavy. A leather I mean, jacket's quite heavy. I don't know. We There's a video of the performance that we saw on YouTube that you showed me. And yeah, on each person, there was a bit where I just couldn't watch. And the yeah. Lifto person, fuck no, when he was swinging breeze blocks from his nipples and running around, I was like, <laughs> no, that was the first scream of no, I think. <laughs> our neighbours probably think something horrible's happened in our house while we were watching all this, Christ. Um, but then there was a guy called who was once called Slug, who could just oh. eat, eat horrible shit. But yeah. then he became, and this is someone who I think a lot of people will know who this is, he became the Enigma. Mm. And the Enigma was famously in an episode, an early episode of the X-Files. Oh, yeah. And so was Jim Rose. There was an episode of the X-Files that sort of featured them. And the Enigma is known pretty well, I think, particularly in like body modification mm. circles and stuff, because he was the guy who tattooed his entire body as a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. And then every town he went to, he got a, a different one but coloured in blue. But now he looks... Yeah, oh, okay. So he's coloured himself in blue. Yeah. And I, but I think he got the whole way through it and then he almost started again. Or he might be. He might have turned some of them to a different colour. Yeah, or he looks kind of alien-y. Like, I think he's, he's kind of maybe put some things under his skin and his he face has, as well. Yeah, he's got horns now. And and he's got black eyes. So I think yeah. he's tattooed his eyes black. But, I mean, this is all way later on. But, I mean, yeah. at this, at this, and I suppose this is the other thing about stuff like this. I mean, tattoos on the... Tattoos in 1990 which I think is pretty much when they were at their zenith. Yeah. Were like way more underground and shocking. Yeah. You know, so a lot of this stuff comes out of, and we've talked about this before, this kind of modern primitive movement, Mm. which was something that was like extremely underground. And in the late 80s, there was a book made by research, which was called Modern Primitives. And that, along with things like Jim Rose and a panful of um, this guy called um, Fakir Mustafa, um, they kind of like brought it not to the mainstream, but to the underground. I suppose they were like extreme underground, and they, and they brought it. To I guess like, they compiled it all in one place in that respect as well. Like yeah. made this kind of here's a big compendium of all of this weird stuff that's going on in various places, and here it all is. Yeah, totally. But it's really interesting to read now the modern primitives thing because oh. it's presented. No, there is some extremely <laughs> shocking some shit in there, in there. But there's also like the whole back of it is just people with like tattoo. a tattoo. Yeah. Like n- not even a very big tattoo, just a just a or a good tattoo particularly. Just yeah. like 
this fairly bad 90s tattoo but it's being presented as this kind of whoa and it's like this guy's got a pierced penis yeah you know and it's like so you you read it now and it's like it doesn't seem it's not shocking shocking, in any way and and so in a lot of ways like there are aspects about the Jim Rose Circus Sideshow that you could probably say the same about I mean I don't think that like sword swallowing will ever not be kind of amazing yeah but I do think I don't know I wonder I wonder how many because these a lot of these people are still on the circuit. They're yeah. still they're still doing stuff, and I'm sure that they still get gasped at. Yeah. But there's no fucking way something like this. So the Jim Rose Circus Sideshow, they supported Nine Inch Nails at like Madison Square Garden. Didn't they go to? They played the whole Lollapalooza '94 yeah. uh, run. They did low. They like toured Europe on their own, and it was like really sort of big. Yeah. And they were kind of really shocking and and they got treated by the tabloids in that sort of way that like they were dangerous. Yeah. Oh God. And they were yeah. considered really dangerous and there was all these stories that came out about them, like they really no, lived this like, like really weird lifestyle. <laughs> and they probably did they did. So I missed one guy off by the way who definitely led a really you've weird missed, lifestyle. You missed two because the two that freaked me out the most you haven't mentioned yet. <laughs> so Matt the tube uh, his act, if you could, he did a few other things. He put a, he, he did some weird things with a condom. But yeah. his his main <laughs> act was he had a pipe that he put down his nose, like loads of pipe, loads of pipe yeah. in. It went down into his stomach. Yeah. Then they they had this massive like contraption which you they filled with beer initially, and then they yeah. put loads of other shit. In yeah, it. Like not like chocolate but sauce, like chocolate and ketchup, ketchup Pepto Bismol. Yeah. Just weird shit. And then they pushed this stuff through the tube into his stomach. Yeah, like a syringe almost. Yeah, and then they pulled it back out again. So it mixed with bile and it got all weird crap in it. And then they pulled it out. And a big part of the act was then that they poured what came out into glasses and invited the audience to come up and drink it. And they always had people willing to do it. Well, they always had people willing to do it because in 1994 at the Lollapalooza tour, it became the thing to do. So Eddie Vedder came out on stage and drank loads of it. Oh, really? And Al Jurgensen from Ministry did it. (laughs) Chris Cornell, God rest his soul, he drank a load as well. (laughs) And so like a load of people, and I think Al Jurgensen and Eddie Vedder were having a war as to who could drink more bile than the other one over the course of the two months or whatever that they were on tour. Oh, my God. So it's, it's, yeah, very weird. It's quite something. And then lastly, they had a guy called Pincushion, oh. who, um, again, really, in com- you know, in the modern world, I don't know how shocking, it is sort of shocking, but I think it would be viewed through very different eyes. Let's describe what he did. So his act was piercing himself on stage, but not bleeding. That was the thing. So he had, he, he did genuinely have this skill yeah. where he could lower his heartbeat. I think it was kind of a meditation thing almost. And he could yeah. pierce himself and he... He pierced his cheeks out through one side and then yeah. came out the other one. But he's not just doing it like in a very calm or like subtle way. Like he's put, like, you can see the needle like pushing the cheek well far out. Yeah. Like it's very I dramatic. I think that, that's showmanship. It's though, so isn't it? like Some stretchy extent. skin. It's like, oh, just no. But you know, he's got low, he comes out and he takes his top off and he's just got loads of tiny needles like covering his entire yeah. body pretty much which he's just put in there and he, and these aren't things he keeps in all the time he does this every night or maybe not every night but whenever they play yeah you know he pierces himself in a bunch of places and then takes them all out and he doesn't look like someone who's covered in holes it is because you literally pierce it take it out that night and then it must just heal up and you're none the wiser yeah pretty much but i suppose in in the modern world that would be seen as kind of 
you know, it would be seen as dangerous for a different reason because it would be seen as encouraging people to like self harm and stuff. I yeah, think. Maybe or at least there would be an overlap where you wouldn't be like, yeah, I'll pay loads of money to go and see someone shove pins through themselves and cut themselves up. I like, wonder, but I bet people still do it though. Because well, if yeah, a I mean, that you can do then. I'm well, sure. he's in Vegas now, or at wow. least was right, yeah, you know, right up until before COVID, and I think probably is back again. Wow. They're all kind of doing their own show now. And one of the interesting thing about the Jim Rose Circus sideshow is that. So there is a documentary which is coming out next year, I think, mm. which is called Circus of the Scars. And obviously we haven't seen it, but I imagine it's going to be extremely interesting. But the thing about it is, so Jim Rose wrote a book called Freak Like Me, which is a brilliant book. Mm. And he, just from reading the book, so he is someone who was a car salesman, <laughs> who was a really good car salesman. I mean, he's a really good... <laughs> Like host of the thing yeah. as well. Like he's just so funny. But Naughty for Mr. Yeah. Lifto. Oh but yes. The it's point I'm trying to make is that he was a really good Carl Salesman. So he's he was a psychopath. A psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> so um and he so he kind of made the whole thing about him. And don't get me wrong, yeah. he did some weird shit like banging a nail up your nose and let, let's say this as well because we haven't actually covered this all of these things are real this is not like yeah. magic or illusion or anything so if you've never because I, I don't know like to me it seems like everyone must have seen this stuff and maybe yeah. they have i don't really know but like watching someone bang a nail up their nose yeah it, whilst for the record it is quite an easy trick you can teach yourself quite easily yeah. how to do it it's not it's not really that hard at all and even sword swallowing isn't that hard eating a light bulb is fucking easy if you're willing to go for it <laughs> like blowing fire and stuff all of these things they're quite easy uh, better nails piece of piss better, i've it. laid on a bed of nails yeah. it's easy absolutely um, although it is hard to lay on a bed of four nails which, which we did watch did. we did watch someone do and, and he did a two he did, he did a, a two, two and as well. apparently and you he's... were like it's just gonna be skewered horrible. <laughs> it was it was horrible to watch oh, it was grim um but but you know a lot of that i think for him it's slightly different laying on a bed of nails you can just do yeah if you've got the guts but um to lay on like four nails oh yeah you have to have toughened your skin up and there is like a, there's a lot there's a more method, there's yeah. a lot more to it i guess but anyway jim rose was it turns out a very difficult human to interact with and i think mm. all of his respective freaks and there was a lot more yeah uh, there was a there was a rubber guy that could bend himself in weird places mm. There was, I think, a small lady. There was lots of... I think he had two fat ladies at one point. Again, like th these are things that you definitely couldn't no. really do now. But I'm, I imagine there's probably a side circus sideshow somewhere that's probably doing all of this stuff. But um, I think they all hate him now. All of his freaks hate him. And I think Aww. he took all the money, oh, more or less. And I think dear. he didn't treat them very well. But there's two sides to the story. And it, it'll be interesting when this documentary comes out, which is the point I'm trying to make, because yeah. I think it's more or less... I don't think he's involved in it. I think it's just all the rest so of them. So it's like counterpoints to the book he I think wrote, so. Probably. But then the book he wrote was literally written in, like, 1994. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he lives, I think, in France now. And I think he's just independently wealthy and he just sort of does nothing. Wow. Not like the other group that we watched. The What was it called? Circus Ridiculous? Keep in mind, Ridiculous is spelt re Oh, and Dick, Circus is spelt wrong you. as well. Less, yeah, and circus is spelt wrong still. <laughs> we've met, we've met the guy. So there is a, we've an interest. No, we've met him on, on the podcast. Oh before. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there is. So we, yeah. There's mainly two circuses. So that's the Jim Rose Circus sideshow. They were kind of the original. We watched the documentary about the circus ridiculous, which is run by Chicken John. Chicken John. And there are a lot of comparisons between the type of personalities. 
the chicken John and Jim Rose have, but he's not as good. Yeah, <laughs> not yeah. as successful. Without the talent, without any all. of the talent whatsoever. Chicken John was Gigi Allen's g- guitar player in the Murder Junkies Originally for a while. And for if you if you've seen the documentary Hated, he's the guy that really hates him. Yeah, and keeps talking about how he's completely pointless. And at the very end of the film, he punches himself in the face loads. Just to make a point, to, to be like, Gigi doesn't do anything that's shocking. I mean, how shocking is it to punch yourself in the face and then literally for about two minutes just, just pummels up. himself in the face and then at the end of it goes, see? <laughs> You're like, wow. So he's yeah. a difficult person. Point well made. <laughs> but Chicken John, at this point, uh, so I don't know where he would have been. I guess the murder junkies weren't really based in one place. But um, he's not old, he's young at this yeah, point. So he must have been, young. you know, when he, I suppose Gigi was only in his 30s when he died. So I guess like it's not surprising that his bandmates were in their 20s or whatever. Yeah. But um, this is later in the 90s, 97, 98. Chicken John, the guitarist from the murder junkies, decides that he wants to start his own circus. And uh, he also, he's a funny character. So I read this book called Freaks and Fire. Uh, which is the re- the reinvention of the circus, which is written like later in the noughties, mm. I think. And it's about loads of different circuses, some of which are, they're all kind of underground, but some of which are a bit more like Cirque du Soleil style. Yeah. But like, you know, not nearly as good. Yeah. Um, and some of them are a little bit more kind of on the dangerous side. But um, Chicken John pops up in this book an awful lot. So each chapter is dedicated to a different circus that don't really have anything to do with each other. They just, this guy's just gone around and kind of met up with these different circuses. But um, they all play Chicken John's venue, which he obviously ran before. This would have been before the Circus Ridiculous. So he's kind of like one of these people that's done a bunch of like dodgy deals and stuff. I think he might have had something to do with the Cacophony Society. I don't know if he had anything to do with Burning Man Festival in the early days, but I think he might have. He just like is so. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> I just yeah. can't imagine him. All of these things that you mentioned, I kind of respect quite highly. <laughs> I don't think that Chicken John would be in them, but anywho. Anyway, this guy just decided he was going to start his own circus and do a sort of punk rock tour with it, which I think is a beautiful idea. And he Let's calls just it the punk that. rock circus. He does call he? it the punk rock For circus. Well, he calls it Chicken John's Circus Ridiculous by Chicken John, the punk rock circus, yeah. or something like this. And a lot of them are eggy because he's put his name all over it, which again is very similar to Jim Rose in a lot of ways. And so we watched a documentary made about this. Some dude just kind of goes around with them. And he, you say he like gets a bunch of his friends together. I think he knows probably really about two or three of them. Yeah, but he manages kind of to collect. Yeah, he manages to collect like a group of people. None of them really know each other. Some of them only know Chicken John. Some of them only know people who know him. But he does manage to collect together about like I don't know ten people. No, it's more than that. Maybe it's like twenty. That. It's like twenty people. But um, none of them must. None of them have any act. Yeah, they've no talent. So, well, so one, none, of, no one of them dressed. No one of them dressed as a clown. Yeah. Um, but wasn't actually a clown or anything. Like none of them had any training whatsoever. But no. they also didn't practice anything yeah. before they started this tour. Although I will say the tour didn't start quite when it was supposed to be because because when they went to drive off on the first day all the wheels fell off <laughs> yeah. so and that's kind of they a that's the first kind, three days yeah that's kind of a constant and yeah. the whole thing is a disaster it's a really it's, i think it's a great film it's it a really low budget but it's really interesting it's to disturbingly watch. watchable um, and it's for also on youtube you do think how is this going to carry on? like 20 minutes in they haven't played a show yet and they're just looking at like a broken down van and yeah. there's just loads of people bumming around and you think is this going to be worth watching but trust it really is <laughs> but like but you know the acts are Nothing. they're just literally they get to the first venue and they just talk between themselves i mean it's really it's 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 re- if you have any respect um if if this was like a band yeah and they'd got a gig 
on like your bill, you would be you would be a bit pissed. You'd, you'd be like you're taking the piss out of like punk music. Yeah. So if you were actually really into the circus, which I don't think anyone that went to see this thing were, no. But still, if you were, because it was in like venues, yeah. like punk venues and stuff, but. I mean, it wasn't very respectful to the art of the circus whatsoever, no. but they did just turn up on the first day and they were like, well, what are we going to do? So two of them danced. <laughs> they did they, like a really they bad tap dance. dance. Yeah, they couldn't dance. <laughs> they couldn't do that. One of them was tall. So yeah. he just came out and they just said he's tall. Oh, they had a dog that apparently could like catch bubbles. So they yeah. got him out yeah, and the were dog, like, look, the, dog the really wonder like dog, he's really good at jumping and, and they, he, can't, he couldn't do anything. Well, when they got to the first venue that they get to, which is when, they, when the van actually gets them to a venue, yeah. Um, they they're banned from playing because the dog isn't allowed in and they're like we can't do the circus without the dog yeah. and like keeping in mind that they don't know what the circus is at this yeah. point like none of them have the practiced anything so but chicken john is just like the dog is the biggest star yeah, there's no we're way not we're, going in. there's no way we're doing this and so it's all just it's all just sort of bullshit they're just like play acting being a circus i mean it is literally they are literally cosplaying being a circus yeah 100% but it's quite an interesting bunch of people yeah and slowly you can see that over the course one of them is quite good at kung fu or probably not very good he can do a big kick one of them can do a bit of a kung fu kick and so he kicks balloons off people's heads and that kind of becomes an actual act to some extent they do show the two girls that dance at the, they get on, better the, yeah on the last one they're quite good like there is some and they tour with this band called the other who definitely think i mean this is they're such a 90s pop punk band yeah they couldn't be more more so and they're such (laughs) douchebags and i noticed on a lot of the flyers they put that they were on epitaph records and they definitely weren't (laughs) (laughs) but um but you know they are just such a bunch of douchebags but like this band sort of plays behind them and there's kind of like this they're like like the openers as well yeah and like they do a bit of clowning and like one of them's got a little bike and they've just got loads of shit they just carry all of this shit and they bring it all into the venue well that's the thing and it's like a van with a caravan on the back that they drive across country with just full of shit yeah and 20 people but it is lovely and I think and I think in a lot of ways again it is disrespectful to the circus but I think that one of the things that the the book that I uh, read goes on a lot about it's quite it's written in quite a poncy way in a lot of ways and there's two things that it goes on about one of which and we're not going to go on about it again because we've talked about this an awful lot on this podcast but it is about like adult play again yeah. it's like if you want to just pretend to be in a circus and get in a van and drive around the country and, and fuck in about circus. in front of people and yeah. make it kind of funny that's quite a cool thing to do, do and like it's a bit of a shame i think that there's no fucking way there's anybody that's going to do that anytime soon. I mean, again, the closest thing is this knob who's desperate to get on your podcast yeah, doing it on TikTok, you yeah. know? Yeah, like branding himself and then eating a sword on TikTok. Like, yeah. it's fine. It's hard to eat a sword. I've already said it's easy, but it's not. It's hard. Uh, <laughs> it's easy to learn, but it's hard to do. Yeah. Um, got to just do it. Well, no, you've got, nose, you've no. got to tickle your, tickle your taste buds for a long time first, oh. basically. But, you know... It, I don't know. It's a sh- I, there is something just to compare, and I suppose this was what where I was going to go with this podcast. But yeah. now, because I don't want to talk about Mercer Blackwell and his and his knobby his Reddit ego. posts, yeah, um, you know, it's kind of it's kind of sad that like the, a big part of the circus was like the traveling element of it. You know, yeah. like there there is one of the reasons that I got into circuses. I'm quite sure, though. I'm you know I don't necessarily remember. I just remember like hearing about this Jim Rose thing and thinking it sounded like weird and yeah. really cool and shocking. And it was, you know, the sort of thing that I would have been into because I was 14. But 
one other thing about it is that dream of like running away with the circus, isn't it? I mean, every yeah. I'm sure every I'm, I'm, I don't Carnies think and all that. yeah I don't think that we think in those terms anymore. Or I'm sure like kids don't because it's not really the equivalent thing to to do. But like if if a, I don't know the idea of running away with the circus, even if it's a metaphorical one, and actually yeah. you want to run away with I don't know a band. I mean, yeah, Henry yeah. Rollins joining Black Flag in nineteen eighty. Was like running away with yeah, the circus, and there's a reason. There's a reason why everyone wants to read "Get in the Van," and well, because it's like a lovely story of just like, "God, fuck! I wish I'd just done that." Yeah, you know? well, that think- would make a brilliant music video at the end of my life. Yeah, <laughs> but I think that's a little bit why this circus ridiculous. At least the film of it is really watchable mm. because it is. You know, Chicken John considers himself a successful human being, and weirdly, the people that went do consider him successful. And then, I think because he's manipulative, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) but But they they consider him successful and they are not, yeah, and that they are joining him on this thing. They all quit their jobs, some of them leave houses, like they all become homeless and jobless to go on this thing. So they do all run away with him to do it, yeah. It is just and. You know, that's why it's a little bit unfortunate when you watch them go from place to place and play to no one and make absolutely no money and be treated like shit and yeah. eat dry noodles in a van. <laughs> but loads of them still think of it really fondly. Well, it went on. And so some of them, yeah, it went on, didn't it? Didn't, it did so two the, or three more tours. Yeah, the film, is, the film makes it look like it's... Well, I mean, it doesn't make it look like... The tour was an absolute fucking disaster. Wow, like They bad. finish the tour. They go from LA all the way across the country and they end up in New York. Everyone by this time has left, apart from about three of them. Yeah. And they... And, they, and he's like he promises them that they're going to go and do a gig in New York and it's yeah. going to be amazing and they end up painting roads to make money so, yeah. that, they, so <laughs> that they can go. make it home basically and so he's I mean, just like this is, what, this is what I really want to teach them the value yeah. of work <laughs> yeah. you're like what what are you going on a circus and fucking about do you know I like Chicken John I like now, he him is a, he's a definitely a psychopath and I'm quite sure no, but that he's, he's a, a thick psychopath he's a, he's a problematic human I'm sure and he yeah. was you know if you were in Gigi Allen's band I'm sure he did some dodgy shit in his life mm. but I like him. I think he's fun. I like him, but I think he's he's a, a a psychopath is harmless. A thick psychopath is if you can see him for what he is, then it's yeah. it's, it's it's kind of funny. I mean, I think he like, was, if you get fucked over by him, then more for you in a way. Yeah, he <laughs> like, was kind of the so cult obvious. leader of a bunch of other even thicker people, though, oh, wasn't yeah, he? That's no, the trouble. So fair. he did have a lot of influence over them. Yeah, no, he did. Um, he did. It wasn't fair, but it was it's extraordinarily watchable. And yeah, they ran away. They ran away to join the circus quite literally, and they were people that wanted better things and wanted a break from what they were doing but unfortunately they didn't quite it wasn't as fun as i think they thought it was <laughs> no. gonna be no but like all. it like yeah like we say i mean it went on for a while afterwards um but the other thing i suppose the other thing i wanted to talk about which is another thing that the the book talks an awful lot about is the idea and bear with me on this one because like i say the book is written by a bit of a knob okay is the idea of a circus as a kind of shaman or a shamanic kind of activity now okay. i'm going to simplify this a lot because to describe what a shaman is 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 a, is a difficult thing and obviously it's like one of those words that i think we all kind of vaguely know yeah but to me in the context of the circus the shamanic idea of it is that you take a thing you take a building you put some people in it mm. who are who bring their normal lives with them and then you as the circus or as a performer you change their reality yeah in that space and i do think that's kind of what a circus is right yeah i mean particularly like ignoring like freak shows and and side shows and that sort of stuff but even just like if you actually if, went to the big top circus yeah. you go to a field where normally people would play football or something yeah. 
and then it a tent goes else. up for three days and the tent is like brightly coloured yeah. and amazing and there's loads of lights and there's loads of weird people there. Loads of blue, red and yellow and it's just so fucking bright and yeah. weird. Yeah. And nothing makes sense all of a sudden. Yeah. And then you go there and for a couple of hours they make you feel like your life isn't grey and boring yeah. as it might be. Your life might not be grey and boring and but you know like... And they show you like the limits, the ba- like they push the boundaries of what you thought was possible. Like yeah. people are doing like trapeze acts if you go into one of those big top things, or if you're going to see a sideshow or a freak show thing, you're seeing. Look at these people that have grown up in a certain, in, in a really strange way with like I don't know, like the old ones with like their limbs all strange, but they can still do things that you know. At first, I think it was one of the documentaries we watched. They were talking about specifically people who had deformities, and again, this kind of part of a freak show just would not exist anymore. But people would come out missing, I don't know, like walking on their hands and having no body past their Yeah, sternum. there's quite a lot of freaks that were um, like literally ended at the yeah. waist. I don't know how their biology works. Yeah, and so people would be like shocked and like almost appalled at first. And yeah, and going, God, how does that even work? Da, 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 da. And then that person would be walking on their hands, would able to sit back and juggle or do something spectacular. And then you'd be like, fuck actually that is amazing and you would you kind of go on this like this cycle of being appalled being freaked out which is your primitive like response to that person Mm. and then going full circle and being like fuck actually this is amazing that person has so many limits upon them and yet they can do so much and it is it just bends your reality and then also there's people banging nails into their face and you're like fuck (laughs) also well there's there's two different points you're totally right yeah i mean it is that thing of someone can bang a nail into their face yeah. like that opens your reality out particularly if you're a kid or something yeah. like suddenly i mean you're probably if you're a little kid you shouldn't be watching someone bang a nail into their yeah. face but oh maybe you should i don't know i don't care yeah fuck it you should but yeah. um but you know like it yeah it it means that your reality is moved it's widened yeah just a tiny bit yeah. the tiniest bit and i think that all performance does this something all art does this yeah. to some extent and i would like to say I think that, you know, punk does that. Mm-hmm. I don't think one single punk performer, but being a member of the DIY punk scene or being involved in the DIY punk scene, it does that. It yeah. opens your reality out a little 100%. bit. But going back to the kind of the physical, I'll call them freaks. I appreciate that it's not a nice word, really, but in this context, it is an appropriate Freakish. word. Because, well, no, because it, they were freaks. Because yeah. we're talking about historical oh, okay. yeah, um, yeah, of the past. Yeah. circuses and sideshows yeah. and things. And I do genuinely believe that whilst no way could or should we have a freak show in 2022 in the context of how it once was. Yeah. But I think that in the context of like going all the way back now, if you're talking about like in the 1930s and 40s, when freak shows were like, yeah, they were like the really big, a a really big thing or even longer ago than that. I mean, I think they started somewhere in the late 1800s and as far as like it's a weird way of looking at it and maybe I'm just adding my own narrative to this as far as like disabled people's rights went how you you know what you just said is absolutely right and Mm. I think that it was in a world whereby disabled people had no fucking rights you know nor did nor did anybody who were not white men and in that context I I think that having a freak show and it's strengthened 
by the fact that an awful lot of the people that were the stars actually owned and ran the freak shows. Yeah. So when you look at freak shows of the past, you sort of think, oh, that must have been like slavery. Like they got these, it's so terrible. They yeah. must have like, they found this guy that, you know, or these Siamese twins or something, and they were probably bought by some terrible man who mm. who mm. forced them into, de- but actually that, that's not how any of them ran. Yeah. How they, Most of them, the Siamese twins were in control of the yeah. circus and they all became very rich. They, yeah. they were, for the time, in the depression and shit, they were like the only people making money. Exactly. And I remember when we, uh, one of the documentaries we watched, one of the chaps on it is saying, yeah, I'm the working man. I've learned my skills. I do illusions and I physically do these things. Yeah, I change my body in ways like... No, to, no to, pre that, pre that. No but, no, but I have changed. So as in to swallow a sword, you have to change your body, but I'm not a freak. But I'm not le- someone who can naturally... Yeah. yeah. But he's like, he's learnt those skills. Yeah, yeah. And then there's he's people that do... He's a working He was a working performer. man, wasn't it? Yeah. A working performer. Then you had the body modification people who would physically change their bodies. And he goes, but the freaks, the people who are born a certain way and, you know, people used to feel sorry for them because, no, they run the place. They are respected the most. They're mm. paid the best. And like you say, they often run the place. And he goes, when people call me a freak, I tell them I do not deserve that honour. Those people are amazing and I'm just a working man. Yeah. And I was just like, fuck yeah. And that's, that's kind of what you were saying. Like, it's it, the, people at first feel sorry for these people and think, shit, are they being exploited? But actually, they're so empowered they're well, usually think, running the place and they're earning the most money and they are showing just how capable they are with their given disabilities. But I think I think that's how we look at it. I don't yeah. think at the time it was looked in that way. I think at the time the people that went to the freak show were just like, let's go and laugh at the freaks. Yeah. There's loads of weird people and we want to go and like take the piss out of them. But the, the reason that I say that it was kind of moves disability rights on is because... In a world where that was the norm, yeah. those people would go and see these people and then see that they were talented or yeah. they'd meet them. Yeah. Or they, and they would, but also putting them on a stage whilst you're in the audience, yeah. they are immediately above you. Yeah, they you have know? The power. In You've that paid situation. to see them. Yeah. So, so, and in a lot of ways, you know, it's kind of like, uh, this is pushing it a bit, but it's like Bikini Kill going into a, uh, like a, a normally all male punk club mm. and just setting up and playing a set of music that yeah. was like Riot Girl and, yeah. and like and people would have reacted to that in all sorts of different ways yeah. but they would have definitely had their minds blown yeah this is like the 1920s version of that Kill, yeah. I think you <laughs> I know it. it's like taking a bunch of people with deformities and uh, who are disabled yeah and putting them on stage and then just letting them like fuck with people's minds yeah and given the space to do so and just going back i think that in a weird way and i might be pushing the point here as well but like that's the shamanic yeah you know aspect and in a way in the 90s when like tattoos were weird and like piercings were weird mm. there was a shamanic element to that as well because now tattoos aren't weird and just piercings aren't weird and in a way it makes everything a bit more boring yeah. i think which is a shame but you know it just is what it is but in so many, it, it was the same. You would have been seen if you had a tattoo. You were seen as like this terrible person, mm. and then, and then of course, I mean, they were playing with a lot of rock bands, and you know, they they were probably playing in the in the sphere of like where everyone had that sort of thing. But yeah. but you know, if you if you were a weird looking person who'd had piercings and stuff, and then you found yourself on daytime TV, it's better than having a man eating a vegan sausage and complaining about <laughs> it, isn't it? You know, like, I mean, even now, I'd rather see someone make their nipples go long than see a man eat a vegan sausage and complain oh. about it. Yeah? <laughs> oh, God, those those nipples, those nipples. Oh, and poor Nippolini. 
Poor Nippolini. So we did. So Nippolini was uh, featured somewhere along in one of the documentaries we watched. Well, he he has the world record. So he basically does exactly the same thing as we described Mr. Lifto as doing. So he he can use his nipples to pick really heavy things. He picked up an entire car engine. Oh, he tows a car. Oh, he towed a car. We didn't see that, but he did pull a car with his nipples. So he's done much much more like a breeze block. Must well, I don't know, breeze block and a car engine, probably similar, but um. So he was like the world record holder yeah. for I think for pulling a car, but I think also just for the hanging the most, yeah, the most amount of stuff off of his yeah. nipples. And then just at the end, you know, you know, at the end of film sometimes like, where it says, you know, this person like has since gone on to do this show yeah. and has done that, and it just it just literally said like the great Nippolini had to stop performing after one of his Tore nipples. His nipples. <laughs> yeah, Tore which a nipple, is, which was a bit sad. But yeah, I, I mean, I think uh, I would like to just leave you really. With by saying that you should absolutely definitely watch, and it's on YouTube, the VHS, which was so sought after in the 90s. It's so easy to get now. The VHS of the Jim Rose Circus Sideshow. It's beautiful. It's like really fucking... I mean, they're, they're playing to a big audience, and they're obviously... They're not quite as big as they got, but they're really popular. Yeah. And they're really kind of big. And, you know, this was like the time of grunge, and they came out of Seattle, and there was a lot of... Yeah, you know, I don't know. They got a bit of a rub from all of that stuff. And yeah. like I say, they've been on a lot of Palooza and everything. But it's really spit and sawdust as well. It's really lovely. And you're right, like, Jim Rose is a... A very entertaining person on the microphone. So funny. I can still hear his voice. Like, he just repeats things over and over, and it's just so good. <laughs> yeah. I just love it. Yeah. Dirty psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to see the Circus of Horrors, which I'm sure will have no. It may have an element of it. I think, actually, an the Circus of Horrors. Sort of so stuff. I've never seen it. So I, I don't know how much we can talk about it, really. But that yeah. is the UK equivalent. And yeah. I do believe, actually, that it started somewhere around about this time. So there, okay. maybe maybe a little bit afterwards, but it definitely started in a time when this was there was like a period of time where in the underground this was kind of cool, yeah. And it wasn't just like circus sideshows; it was also things like flesh hooks. No, oh, you know, flesh like, hooks are my least favorite. And like like industrial <laughs> music, hook. industrial music and goths loved this. Oh shit. yeah, when, and yeah, people well, dancing with fucking chainsaws all and, that and smashing metal into their crotch. And still, I think if you go to tattoo shows, you know, not show, yeah, like shows, yeah. you know, the big shows. They still have that shit. Yeah. And I think that what this has moved into, in fact, definitely what this has moved into is burlesque. Yeah, and burlesque in like that vaudeville style yeah, thing. That which, is, which, I, which is great. Nothing wrong with burlesque, but it's much more boring than watching somebody bang a fucking nail up their nose. Like, I don't know. I feel like we've definitely gone backwards in our culture. Some, <laughs> Dancing somehow. in your pants or bashing nails into your face. But uh, 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 yeah, well, which one would be popular now? I hope that bashing nails in your face is in the Circus of Horrors. There, uh, what I do believe is there is a short man that attaches a Hoover to his willy and, and spins it around. That's definitely true. We have that to look for. That's to. the only thing I know about. That's the only thing I know. That's, as that's well. what sold me the ticket. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> show me the pin. No, 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 no. <laughs> I just want to mention one more circus which I can now find absolutely zero evidence of. The internet does not have anything about this, but there's a chapter about this one circus, uh, which is <laughs> which is in this book. And it's called The Know Nothing Family Zircus slash Zideshow. And it's twinned with one called The End of the World Circus. Oh, wow. The End of the World Circus is mostly about bodily fluids. There's a lot of pissing in mouths. Oh. And then the, <laughs> the sideshow, with a Z, I don't know why it's with a Z, is like the extreme version of that. Oh. <laughs> and it seemed like these people were fucking lunatics and they were just doing tours and getting banned everywhere. And it was there was a lot of nudity and a lot of bodily fluids. Wow. And whilst it's not necessarily something I would rush out to see, I'm presuming the Circus of Horrors won't be like that, 
they do sound like an interesting bunch. Okay. And I'd like to know how many of them are still alive 10 years. I think it's about 10 years since this book was written. Okay. I'd love to know, but there's no way of finding out because they don't exist on the internet. There's well, no, apart from one chapter in one obscure book, there's no evidence that this thing ever well, existed. Well, if you're listening and you think, well, fuck me, I was in a circus called The Zide Show <laughs> and I remember someone pissing in my mouth in about the 1990s then get in touch shamsyroses at gmail.com tell us your stories are you still alive are we going to play some music now which we, which does not fit with what we've just been talking about whatsoever because it's some of the most lovely music that um, <laughs> I've heard in a very long time uh, this is by a band called Dinosaur Skull <laughs> We've played Dinosaur Skull on this podcast once before. Once before, when they only had a demo. They only, a they did, I, yeah, I think it was just online. They yeah. now have an album, which has just come out on Grow Your Own Records. Whoop, whoop. And uh, it is called Tales from the Heath. The Heath stunning. refers to Thornton Heath, Thornton which Heath? is a borough of Croydon where they yeah. live. God love them. I know. God With love them. Bl- glorious pubs around their way as well. Glorious pubs. There's some nice pubs. So- and um, we love... Mike and Sill and Dinosaur Skull are wonderful. We've been seeing them live. I don't know how many times we've seen them live now, but it's quite a few times. Quite a few times. And when I put this album on, I wasn't ex- I, even though it's just all the songs pretty much that they've played live, and I've loved them. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it is, and yeah. I really thought it was going to be good. Yeah. But it's fucking brilliant. It's actual perfection. Actual it, perfection. It is wonderful. The songs get stuck in your head. They're perfect. Please do a Christmas song. Oh, like you, I actually yeah, really you, want you, you to do a Christmas that. song. I don't know why. Me and Javon had our Sounds anniversary like recently, and oh. um, I cleared my schedule, my busy schedule, for one whole day so we could have a nice day together. <laughs> and we did a bit of a pub crawl around Hastings. Classic. We got very pissed. Tuesdays. I don't really drink that much anymore, but so you know, got quite drunk because this was a, this was a fairly rare occasion. Mm-hmm. Then we found ourselves in the arcades which we always used to do and haven't done for a long time. We, this is going somewhere, this story. <laughs> and uh, we won lots of tickets. So we went and we won off the ticket dispenser man a dartboard. A very good, well, not the best, but a good dartboard. A better dartboard than I anticipated. With real darts in it. With real darts. And so we uh, came home. And at this point, by this point, I thought it was about 11 o'clock at night. But we'd started it at 12. It was 7 p.m. <laughs> I don't think it was even 7, was it? Um, uh, we bought loads of beers and uh, we got a big, uh, massive pizza delivered to us. And we played darts and we listened to the Dinosaur Skull album all night. All night. And it was a lovely way to spend the evening of our anniversary. It really was. Thank you very much, Mike and Sil. <laughs> and Meadow. And on that note, we're going to play Meadow's song, <gasps> which is a song that they wrote about their beautiful, beautiful dog whose name is Meadow. So oh. this is Dinosaur Skull. Yeah. 
thank you for listening to episode 51 of the Breakfast Punks podcast. I think maybe now we will have done over 2,000s of minutes. 2,000s? 2,000s. I think we might have done over 2,000 minutes I think Spotify, of podcasting. And po- I think Spotify is going to tell us off. They again. are going to tell us off. Like, you've made too many minutes. Can you shut up? And we've got one more before the year is out. One yeah. more before 2023. Fucking hell. Be nice to get rid of 2022, I think. Yeah. Two years. Two years of making this podcast almost. Crazy business. Crazy business. As always, if you have any feedback, you're more than welcome to message us. You can message us on Instagram or you can email us at shamcityroasters at gmail.com. We continue to plug it and thank you very much to our Patreons, but we have a Patreon and you are welcome to support us if you can. Um, We are very grateful for that and there is an extra episode each month um, that you would have access to if you sign up now. You will have 12 episodes. A whole year's worth worth of podcasts that you've missed out on. Yeah, you thought we'd already made too many minutes. We've made... 12 more hours of stuff and um only our patreons are listening to it so you could do that too if you want to go to the patreon website look up breakfast punks podcast and you can sign up there um is there anything else i need to talk about david yes just oh fantastic if you're listening to this keep in mind that just before you die or finish your career (laughs) you're gonna have to make a music video and so every single thing that you do with your life from this point forward is going to make up probably depending on your age yeah. either the second half or maybe the last third or maybe maybe much more of it i don't know there's, i don't know if there's some youngsters listening out there <laughs> make it interesting don't be like tommy lee and be playing boob drums no like no. <laughs> if if the only thing you've done with your life is have a long penis then do something else with do your life with, you know have the long penis do what you want with the long penis well not what you want you know <laughs> be kind be kind don't but, harm people with your long penis but you know d- do something else I don't know wouldn't do it be a- nice if there was something else in that video like it, I don't know yeah. him I, I, learning I want, how to what, what use if, a boat he might be like brilliant at Sudoku if that was in a music <laughs> so, video it would be a bit boring well yeah but I'm just saying he would have hidden that stuff the things that he's picked for his music video is like the stuff he thinks is impressive yeah so just think about that, guys. Tommy Lee doing a Sudoku would be very impressive. Do something that you think would come across as impressive in your music video at the end of your career slash life. And that might be next week. It could be any time. Could be any time. So fucking get, go quit your job now. now and Join the fucking circus. Do ev- just go and do everything that you've ever thought about doing. Go to uh, Thailand. Do some methamphetamine with some yes. monks and just yes. see where you end up. See where you go. Who see knows? where you go. And if that's the end, then what a video. What a video. <laughs> Dan- <laughs> Dancing on the shores of Thailand with your meth coke. Loads of meth. Your, just your... do loads of meth and see what happens. I mean, then your video is... A, I mean, that is the end of your video. <laughs> if you just yeah, do but you'll go out with a bang. It'll be a brilliant finale. <laughs> a big finale. Well, we'll... Don't, do, don't really do meth. Actually, no, fuck it. Do some meth. Do whatever you want to do. Just don't harm other people. Only harm yourself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we will end with one last song. This song is from a band called Before Stories, and the song is Weekend Warriors. They are from Aberdeen, and this is from their new album, Everything Breaks Down. It literally just came out. We are going to play it now, and we will say goodbye to you and see you at our next episode. Go and join the circus. Goodbye. Go join the circus. Goodbye. <laughs>
education would save us from morons Built into a bucky hair culture Circle every public space waiting to rep it to Anything slightly different to the narrow view of normal Stone Island cracks Using casual harassment for kicks Part bully, part creepy sexual predator But it's okay cause it's only banner in it Weekend warriors Two points of lager and a hatred of foreigners Happy to see them run around in food delivery But not as part of society these brown shoot pleasure wankers of the night gather at weather spoons to tell tall tales of how the world's gone mad. We can't say anything these days. I got bad last week, didn't do nothing wrong. Just raise the point that women don't really want equality. They don't want to work the bins like we do. They don't want to go to war like we do. You know it winds me up. Snowflakes want to welcome more and more to our shores The last on the straight We can't afford any more strangers here Great brain is full We need to look after our own And if they fall like our culture Fuck off Apple Union track Decoration and clown emojis The shows we ain't messing Unhelpful cuts being proud of their exploitation Like working hard all your life Just to afford the pub of the weekend is an honorable choice And not a waste of life Looking like you pissed on the wee square shoes When you say you don't like football Lad Bible worshippers pray to their geezer gods Dark fruits in one hat, the other leftover kebab Please Lord, let me disappoint a woman tonight So I can brag about it to ease my insecure mind And the great god of fragile masculinity commands Thou shall not be original Thou shall not make peace Thou shall defend beige culture Thou shall hate all those different Apart from that one guy you work with Because he knows his place, you know He's a